and welcome to another episode of the Pets at Home Puppy Podcast. I'm Kate Cornish, editor of My VIP Magazine, which is the customer magazine for Pets at Home. And joining me this week are our usual uh, lovely guests, plus one new guest. Um, first of all, we've got Colleen Heyman, who is the head of pets at Pets at Home. Hello, Colleen. Hi. Thanks for joining us again. We've also, from Pets at Home, got Claire Gavin, who's a Director of Creative Development and Innovation at Pets at Home. Hello, Claire. Hi there, Kate. Hello. Thank you for coming. And once again, we've also got the lovely Claire North, who is the Head of Training and Behaviour at North Canine Dog Training. Hello, Claire. Hello. This episode, we are going to be um, exploring the subject of puppies and sleep. And this is to tie in with National Bed Month, which is an awareness campaign that is run throughout the entire month of March by the Sleep Council, which is basically um, its job is to spread the awareness of a good night's sleep and how it's really good for our well-being. So we thought it was a really nice idea um, to talk about puppies. Watching puppies sleep is adorable. Their little twitching paws and the little noses going. It's just one of the cutest things in the world. Um, but, you know, understanding how your puppy sleeps and when your puppy likes to sleep means that you can both enjoy a much happier time together if you understand each other's schedules um many species live in the same way to humans uh which is allowing the hours of daylight to um dictate when we fall asleep and when we wake up and it is something that's known as diurnal i've only ever seen that written down so i hope i'm pronouncing it correctly um, and dogs are also diurnal. They, uh, diurnal applies to dogs as well. So I'm going to bring in Carleen first. Puppies sleep a lot. Why is that? How much do they need? And why do they need all that sleep? Yeah, I think people sometimes are surprised, even though, you know, puppies are baby dogs. So, you know, just like human babies, they, they do need to sleep a lot. But I think with cats, we sort of associate them to sleep all day. But for some reason, we don't we don't think about um, dogs the same way. But actually, it depends a bit on the age and, and, you know, I think also the individual dog. So, you know, a puppy sort of up to six months would sleep um, quite a lot, 18 to 20 hours a day. Um, and then from six to 18 months, 16 to 18 hours a day, so still quite a lot. That's and even after 18 months, still up to 14 hours. So quite a long time. Gosh, even um, up to 18 months, still up to 14 hours. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously it trails off a little bit while they're adults. And then when we get older, again, it, it goes up a bit more as they as they get older, they sleep more. But I, I think probably a lot of puppy owners will go, really? My my puppy keeps me up all night. I don't think it sleeps that much. But obviously it's not all in massive blocks. So it'll be, you know, it can be short bursts all the way up to a, a, a few hours. Um, and that's all perfectly normal. Cool. OK, so it's probably a good uh, time to introduce Sean Wells, who is our lovely puppy owner. She's from Manchester. Hi. <laughs> she is the owner of the lovely Scout, who, let me get this right, Scout is a, big drum roll, Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. And she <laughs> is 20 weeks old. And how, how long does Scout sleep? Have you got any questions you want to put to Carleen about Scout's sleeping arrangements? Um, she just, she sleeps a lot, like, very 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 true and I remember the first um so when we picked her up um we got her home about three o'clock in the afternoon so we kind of assumed she was going to sleep but the next day we were just like is she going to wake up like what's happened because we expected and um, like Carleen she said 
we expected a puppy to be running around and causing chaos but she she did do that but then sort of slept a lot in between and um yeah we were we we googled it and we're like oh yeah they they do sleep a lot <laughs> so this is this is very normal and she's kind of she's just kept up really so um hence why the bed behind me is stripped of bedding now because that's just her position <laughs> in the day when I'm at work she she takes takes refuge there and just yes yeah, snoozes away no oh, so she's quite content you haven't had any yeah. issues so far uh no very very content Love, loves a good sleep <laughs> Exactly all. <laughs> um, so unlike humans, dog can, uh, is this right, Colleen? Unlike humans, dogs can fall almost instantly into a state of deep sleep. Is that true? Yeah, probably. They, they can probably, I guess they have less worries as well, don't they? So yeah. they just, when they're tired, they just sleep. Um, so again, I think a bit like babies, they, yeah, they can fall asleep quite quickly, especially if all their needs have been met. You know, they've been, had a burst of activity. They've had um, a meal. Happy days, they just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, God, what life. No wonder they say it's a dog's life. And um, what time should a puppy go to bed at night? Again, like I say, it all depends. It's all subjective, isn't it? It depends on the puppy and the breed, etc. But as a sort of general rule of thumb, what, what time should a puppy go to bed at night? Um, and when should you be waking them up in the morning? Is there is there a rule of thumb or is it just completely individual to the puppy? I think it's really individual to you as the owner and what your pattern is, you know, whether you're an early riser or, or a night owl. You know, I've got a friend whose husband's a farmer, so her puppy's up at 4 a.m. every day. That's probably not what you want your or what most people want their puppy to do. Um, so, you know, again, drawing the analogy to babies, puppies thrive on routine and structure. So just make sure whatever you do, it's consistent, whatever your bedtime is and get up um, routine and time is, is consistent. I think generally, um, you know, usually um, we would recommend feeding your um, puppy their dinner before you sit down to have your meal, because um, that can help ward off sort of begging behavior and, and make meal times a little bit less stressful, especially if you've got kids as well who might be throwing food around, um, or even just give them a stuffed Kong um, to chill out with in their crate while you all eat. And then after dinner, make sure um, obviously you, you take a walk um, and then let them spend time playing and interacting you know, with your family. Always give them a quick bathroom trip before bedtime. Um, even if they don't go every time, don't be put off and think, oh, I'll just skip this one because we've been for a walk and they've already been. Always make sure just before bedtime you let them out one more time um, and then obviously settle them down, ideally in a crate. That's what we'd always recommend. And Claire will talk more about that. Um, so they know that's their place and they know it's time to then to then um, settle down for the night. And then in the morning, again, you know, first thing, always take them out before you do anything else. Um, set them up for success. So there's no accident. And um, as always, when they go, um, when you take them out, praise them as much as you can and never punish um, for any accidents. I think we've mentioned it many times when you're training a puppy. There's no point punishing um, unwanted behavior or when they do something wrong. Just keep praising the, the good stuff. And then and then um, after the sort of morning toilet break, obviously, then they can have their breakfast and the whole routine starts again, because after eating, they'll need a toilet again. <laughs> so oh, um, things in life, eh? 
Yeah, yeah. So it is, you know, I guess a bit like with babies, you will get into that pattern and you'll get to know your own puppy. And when, you know, when they eat and when they need to go to the toilet, when their active time is, when when you need to interact with them, play with them. And then obviously the socializing and, and walking time as well. Um, but yeah, generally after eating and soon after a nap, um, they tend to have to go to the toilet. So make sure you, you take them out then. But yeah, bedtime and wake up time is is really kind of up to you. Obviously, you have realistic expectations. If you sleep fourteen hours every night, your puppy might not be able to sleep through that that sort of time. But yeah, generally they they can slot in with our with our sort of routine pretty well. Brilliant. I'd like to meet the person that sleeps fourteen hours a night and then hijack <laughs> them and take over their life. Quite frankly. So, Colleen, how? If you are having issues with your puppy and you don't think they're sleeping enough compared to the the table of times and suggestions and tips you gave a minute ago, how can you get them to sleep longer? So I think that's generally something people worry about, obviously, at night when they themselves are trying to sleep during the day. I don't think, you know, people worry as much um, if if their puppy sleeps or doesn't sleep um, as much. And there is no magic answer, I'm afraid. Probably something every puppy owner wants to know, but but there isn't. Every puppy's different. Some will take longer to sleep through the night than others. Um, but I think realistically, as a puppy owner, you need to be prepared to get up in the night at some point to take your puppy out, even several times to go to the toilet. And I'm afraid you will have to miss your weekend lions for a while as well. Um, 5.30 is not an unusual time in the morning for puppies to wake up. Um, so for a while, be prepared to make that their first sort of toilet break. Um, and, and you will recognise their pattern um, quite quickly. And also, I think you, as an owner, you quite quickly start to recognise whether the crying, barking or whining is actually a cry for the toilet or do they just want attention um, or, re, you know, do they just need some reassurance they're not alone? I think if that happens at night and 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 you you think it's it's not a toilet issue, it's more, a, you know, I'm ready to play now, what are we doing type um, cry, don't um, be tempted to, you know, go and give them a cuddle. It's fine to talk to them and reassure them, but um if you if you give them what they want you're only reinforcing the night crying so then obviously that only gets worse um if you think it is a genuine um toilet break they need or in the beginning if you're not sure you know just get up take them to the toilet obviously praise them if they do something um and then put them straight back in the crate to continue sleeping so don't start playing or you know doing other stuff um even if they seem up for it i just wanted to ask um claire gavin how was um I know you've got Amber and how old's Amber and what's her breed? Uh Amber's a cockapoo. She's coming up for 11 months. I was kind of expecting to be up all the night or you know absolutely traumatized and she slept through from the beginning. In fact actually it was only last night she was a bit of a nightmare. She was crying properly crying last night. We were still up and um the night before, she'd done the same thing. I I uh, let her out and um, I made the mistake of bringing her into the lounge to say goodnight to my husband. And I think I just caused myself some trauma because she tried it on again last night. So um, last night I put her out and she went straight back to bed. She didn't want to, but she did. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. Reinforcing reinforcing bad behavior if, if you, you you're too lax with them I guess 
Yeah, you yeah. got it. You got to show. Well, not show him who's boss, but you got to like my mind just walks all over me. So Jack Russell, so so <laughs> sort of stubborn anyway. But yeah, we we rescued him. He was a rescue. Came to us when he was one. So he already had an issue with crying and stuff. And I just let him in the room. And now he, where is he? He's not actually here because he isn't like Zooms. He, he freaks out. He thinks I'm just talking to a box and gets like, whoa, and runs off. That's why you never see him on these podcasts. But yeah, I am I am stuck with a dog who insists on being with us constantly, 24-7. Nightmare. It was not a nightmare, but it could be a little less painful if he didn't do it. Sean, um, you had your hands up. Did you want to sort of say something about that? Yeah, so we had the complete opposite issue to Claire. So I would say um, the the nighttime sleeping was the hardest thing we had to deal with with Scout. Um, biting, anything like that, all of that stuff. It was that was easy for us, but um, yeah, it was that that was a hundred percent the hardest thing. But I don't know if it was our. Um, so we're like twenty, like mid mid twenties. We've not got any kids. So we've never had that experience. So to say that we are heavy sleepers, like we are heavy sleepers before Scout. So um, I think having a puppy is when parents really will come into their own um, in terms of it was sort of within having it, you have to learn to have that one ear open, don't you? And kind of be listening out for that cry. And um, I just, yeah, I wasn't used to it at all. <laughs> I think I, was, I looked like a zombie for about two weeks. I was so not used to having disrupted sleep um so um yeah that 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 was the hardest thing um I think but just like Colleen said it was a case of she cried obviously she went to the toilet more than fair that she she couldn't make it through the night she was only a baby so uh we let her out put her in without any um any fuss and it, it did get a lot easier but I think for anyone listening that is going through that hard bit I just want to say I've been there it definitely gets easier and um yeah, there's there was there was a day where I woke up in a panic at six a.m. because I hadn't got up that night, and I rushed in because I was like, oh, I've I've slept through it, and she was <laughs> just there in her bed, fast asleep, hadn't had an accident, and it was just such a good moment because you're like, you're doing it. <laughs> okay, so Colleen, you know they're adorable. It's very difficult not to. Uh, should we? Should not? Should we not? be sleeping with our puppies are they allowed to sort of come in and creep up and sit on the end of the bed and go to sleep with us i i would say this is a very personal decision you know some some people are happy to have their dogs sleep upstairs um whereas for others it's important that the dog sleeps in a completely different room i think one thing to keep in mind is your puppy's not always going to stay small and and cute um so you know especially if you've got a large breed dog i would just think carefully because it'd be very difficult to then go back um to to not letting them in your room so I think it's much easier training your puppy not to sleep in the bed with you and then letting them in every so often when they're an adult rather than the other way around um that's going to be quite traumatic um <clears throat> obviously I would always recommend treating dogs with fleas and worms all year round but I would say that's even more important if your dog sleeps in your bed regularly especially if you've got um small children or anyone in your family is um immunocompromised in any way um because the last thing you want is yeah waking up with a load of flea bites or something like that it's not very pleasant um and obviously if you let them in your bed um you know be also prepared to have accidents in the bed um that that might happen as well if that's where the puppy sleeps so personally I would always crate train a puppy and then move them to a downstairs room eventually um because you can still have the occasional cuddle in bed but it's just 
that's not the puppy's routine. That's the occasional treat um, rather than, than, than normal. Um, but I think whatever you decide, it's it's worth keeping in mind that I think the thinking around this has changed a bit um, in that while we used to say, you know, just put your puppy where you want it to sleep from day one and they'll just need to um, they'll just need to get used to it. I think we're now starting to realize that it's quite traumatic and scary for a puppy, especially if they've never been separated from the mum and litter mates before. And suddenly they're in a room all night, all on their own for hours. Um, so if, if you if you decide you want your puppy to sleep downstairs, um, it'll be much easier for them if you if you help them adjust them um, to this slowly, I guess, over a period of time. So either have them upstairs with you. You know, either in a bed, but it'll be much easier in a crate. Um, and once they've settled for a few nights, you can then gradually move their bed or crate away from you to the desired location, sort of inch by inch and trick them into um, thinking that, you know, it's still the same place, but it's obviously not really. And and they won't notice if you do it gradually. Um, so, it, you know, you just need to do it at a rate that they can easily cope with. Um and, and actually having the crate with you in, in your bedroom initially um, is actually quite helpful for ha- house training as well, because, you know, every single little crime whimper you'll notice before they might have an accident. So you can sort of take them out to the toilet a lot quicker. So that's another benefit as well. Cool. OK, so um, crate is preferable. You don't want to be rolling over in the middle of the night and having your face in a puddle of something. So I'm going to now introduce Claire Gavin, who's going to chat through the wonderful world of beds for puppies. Hello, Claire. Hi, Kate. Hello. Where do you want to start? Okay, so um, I was going to start with by saying that there are so many different beds that you can choose from and they match uh, different sleeping styles, different nuances of each breed and different life stages. And, you know, from a very newborn puppy, puppies do go crop grow quite quickly don't they depending on the breed they can get quite big so what you pick uh, is dependent on lots and lots of things so I was going to start by talking about making your puppy's crate cozy so um, I guess we've talked about the benefits of crate training Um, uh, I totally agree I think it it is the best thing that we've done um, personally with Amber and how do you make the coat the the crate cozy because sometimes a crate can feel like a confined space it's metal it's quite hard um one of the things that we recommend is a vet bed um they've been used for vet by vets for years and years and years uh, basically it's a, a polyester deep pile piece of fabric that's super cozy super dense um really comfy you can Cut them to size Ooh. so they will fit your crate. Really, the crate should be sized to the adult size of the dog. Um, they're super hard wearing, non-slip um, because they've got a rubber backing. They're hygienic. They are non-allergenic and non-irritant, uh, non-toxic. So if they get chewed, it, it's not the end of the world, but you probably find that your puppy doesn't want to chew it. And they wash brilliantly. So when when your puppy may be having accidents to start with, um, literally you can wash a vet bed from 60 to 95 degrees, which means that bugs and mites and things are killed off. They are really easy to dry. I know this myself. You don't have to tumble dry them. They are super quick to dry. Um, 
literally dry in in minutes and you can then groom them to get them back to your kind of shop bought quality and honestly I've had mine well what I was going to say is it's a great idea to buy one for use and have one for spare um, because you're then on a continual cycle Um, but honestly they retain the heat they are absolutely fantastic brilliant to roll up take in a car take on holiday wherever you are a super thing oh brilliant sounds amazing Sean did you want to ask a question about that yeah I just wanted to um so when we picked when we sort of found our breed and we were saying about um picking up scout I said about leaving a blanket with them and our breeder actually suggested the the vet bed because apparently it can hold the smell a bit better so she sent us home with um the vet bed that she'd been using for scout and the litter um her sort of litter friends and um yeah we we put it straight in her bed and she still has it now it's still got that bit of smell and um yeah she really likes it so I just wanted to interject just if anyone was um yeah looking to give their breed or something um vet beds um have been recommended I agree Sean where I um I took a blanket um that I'd bought to go over the vet bed uh just one of our uh, one of our blankets, a, a Berber blanket. I took that with me in the crate that I was going to pick Amber up in, and um, so that was the first thing that she smelt. But I also took a towel from the breeder that I put in um, with that uh, the vet bed and my Berber blanket, and the, I think the blanket just makes the crate feel more cosy. I think uh, the idea of having a kind of a bumper around the crate. I would love to be able to do that. I think it would have been chewed in the early days. Um, so I think the kind of the snuggly blanket is a really good thing as well. And like you said, you can take the, the breeder, the, the smell of the away for security as well. Cool. So um, what other what other beds can we uh, can we chat through? So I was just going to say to Carlene's point about um, making it dark for puppies to sleep, especially as we come into spring. Woo! <laughs> it's happening. We're getting there. Finally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's a great idea to put a blanket over your crate. Um, Amber knows that when the blanket is pulled back, um, flipped up, you know, it's it's daytime. But actually, when the, the, the top of the blanket is flipped over the door of the crate, she knows that that's that's nighttime. So and it does make it dark and cozy and a bit warmer as well. So oh, I think that will come. That's really clever. So, and she actually, it actually works. Yeah, she, yeah, she knows. She knows. Oh. So I was going to say that obviously you can get other crate mats. Um, it's really important to get the right one for you. The crate mats that um, many retailers like Pets at Home sell fit exactly um, to the crate. Um, I, I'm not sure if I've done the right thing, but I keep um, a little stone bowl of water in uh, Amber's crate. Um, I think we're, you know, having fresh water available at all times is is really critical. And so because of that, I kind of flip um, a corner of the vet bed and the blanket underneath. So that if you will, I've kind of cut off the corner where the water bowl is, which means that nothing can fall into the water bowl or get, get pushed in. I guess if you're buying a crate mat that's exactly fitted to the crate, there isn't room for the water bowl or you end up putting the water bowl on something that isn't stable. Claire North, what, what Claire, Claire Gavin was just saying there about um, having a water bowl in the crate. Sounds like she's doing the right thing. Have you, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think so. I think they've got to have access to water. 
um, pretty much at all times. The only exception I would say is some puppies do play in the water. So they splash about in it and tip it upside down and that kind of thing. So if they're doing that, then we have to look at that. But in general, particularly if they're on a dry food, they do need to have access to water. Brilliant. Okay, thanks for that. Um, Claire, um, let's crack on with beds. Yeah, so um, with a crate mat, it obviously fits the size of the crate. So you need to get the right one for your crate. Um, So it fits snugly. Some of them are not as hard wearing as a vet bed, but if your dog is a chewer or needs something a bit tougher or waterproof, there are many different crate options, crate mat options. They're still easy to wash. They're still quick to dry. Um, They're probably just not as super quick and super hygienic maybe as the vet bed. The other thing I was going to say is some people like to use a raised bed. So that's like a little metal frame, probably about... I don't know, four or five centimetres off the ground. Um, They're kind of, it's a bit like a sun lounger for us, if you will. Um, They use them quite a lot in doggy day care. Um, It means that there's a little bit of height. You can pop a puppy pad underneath and any kind of accidents pass through onto that puppy pad. And then I was going to say about if you're, you know, your puppy might be a chewer. There are many that are. They all have different characteristics. They will all do things differently. So if you have got a chewer, then it's a great idea to select a bed that is more chew resistant. And there are some that are more chew resistant than others. The thing is, though, you may have bought yourself a lovely padded, um, not very chew proof, cozy mattress, for example, for your dog. One thing you can do is unzip the mattress cover, take out the foam or the wadding and actually fill it with some of your old clothes, not your best clothes, just in case. But actually, if you were to put some either old bedding or pillowcases, old T-shirts, things that, you know, might have been on their way out or to the charity shop, then actually your pup will scent you know, sense you and that gives them um, a lot of security. So it's it's a great idea just whilst they are in the chewing chewing period and needing that security as well there's a great tip um because one of the questions that came from the wagging tail facebook group um that pets at home set up is what type of bedding do i give my puppy um my puppy's six months old and whatever bed we've given him he finds the zip the cover busts it open pulls out stuffing wondered if anyone has got this issue um i've bought two new beds in the last month Please let me know what I should get so he can stop doing it. So I think, Claire, you've covered that with the vet bed and um, d- talking about the, the the more sort of sturdier models that are out there. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting. Sorry, please continue. So if, you're, if your dog is crate trained and um, you, you need a bed and it can sleep on its own outside of, of a crate, um, a hard dog bed is a really great idea. Sometimes they feel a bit mean, so you can soften them up with a, a really big blanket. That means that they can snuggle and they can nest, they can build their own little den. Um, these the hard dog beds have um, rubber feet to them, so they're anti-slip. But they slip, but they also um, have air holes in the base, so you get quite good airflow through them as well. Oh wow, Claire, are you all right to carry on? Because uh, just just uh, for the benefit of the listener out there, Claire's got the builders in, uh, which she wasn't expecting. So if you can hear any banging, that's why. But are you all right to carry on, Claire? It's not driving you insane. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. brilliant. <laughs> So then I guess we should talk about soft beds. So you might be lucky enough 
um, to have a dog that loves a bolster bed or a lounger or a scallop bed or a foam walled bed. I have to say, if you are one of those people, I'm really jealous because Amber just is <laughs> not quite getting the hang of this. Um, we are having an argument every day. In fact, yesterday I found her um, with the bed upside down. She'd kind of chewed a hole through the uh, non-slip layer and she had her head stuck through it. And it was like this kind of whirly gig thing running around the room. Um, so that didn't work very well at all. But if your dog will love a bed like that, they're super snuggly. They've got high walls that are cozy, secure, comfy. And also the walls can um, support their chins so they can have a chin rest and hang over the bed if you if you like. There are some beds that you can um, unzip the bottom cushion to pop a uh, bag that has a wheat sack within it and the wheat sack can be warmed up in the microwave mm. obviously you don't want to leave your dog unattended with it especially if it's a chewer and I personally would just make sure that when you heat them in the microwave you just need to make sure there aren't any heat spots that are overly hot because it does depend on your microwave and how long yeah. you heat them for so just to prevent any accidents but they are great to mimic you know the the warmth of the mother and actually keep the puppy cozy and then I was going to say that if your dog's anything like Amber, it's best to have an integral cushion that can't be removed because otherwise it gets flung all over the place and she can't seem to get the hang of getting in the bed on the cushion, much to my frustration, because it's totally normal, isn't it, to get in a bed and lie in it. She will not do it yet. I am reliably told and Claire will back me up that this will just happen magically and it'll all be just fine. But for the moment, um, I'm thinking that I need a bed where she can't pull the cushion out. When I when I make that purchase, I'm going to make sure that I can unzip the bolster walls and the cushion so that I can wash it most easily. Even if you can't, you can put a, um, a wadded or stuffed bed into your washing machine. Just makes it harder to reshape and, you know, and dry. Um, so, yeah, if you've got a loose cushion working for your dog, then I'm super envious training how can we make that as easy as possible for the listener crate training i guess is quite personal some people are a little bit hesitant about it so i think the first thing to cover off is that it in general is a very good tool it's a very good thing to do it's not cruel so i've heard it called puppy prison for example and i think that that's a terrible terminology um so the the idea of the crate is to provide your puppy with a safe space where they're comfortable, where they're left alone, where they're happy and secure. So don't think of it in a negative light. You need to think about getting the right size of crate. So if you've got a particularly small puppy, don't get the biggest crate that pets at home have got because it's too big a space. And then the, this tiny little puppy is just rattling around in there and he feels, my goodness, I'm actually more vulnerable. Oh, right. Sorry, I was going to say why why is big, big worse for them? But yeah, it's because they've just got too much space and they're just not feeling secure enough. Yeah, they like, I mean, they like relatively small spaces. So I don't mean, you know, that they can't move around in them, but they don't want to be kind of in this gigantic space on their own, just a little bit, you know, 
in there, my goodness, there's so much of it kind of thing. So they need to be quite snug, but they, of course, need to be able to lay completely flat um, to to stand up, turn around, have a little bit of space to walk about, all those kind of things. I mean, is there, is there, so, is there much training you can do to make the music great? Is it just sort of, there you go, get in there? Yeah, so I think you'd be in the minority and relatively lucky if you got a puppy who just went, oh, yeah, cool, I'll go in there and, and I'll be okay with it. Now, some a lot of breeders now start this process. So that makes life easier. Puppy comes home already knowing what the crate is and is used to being contained a little bit. So it's not in all puppies' natures to enjoy being a little bit contained so they can get frustrated and a little bit worried by that. So there's definitely a training need. What what we want to think about is conditioning this place as a very positive place, very safe and nice. So you want to have in your head to make all the good things happen in the crate. So the food and all those kind of things, they're going to happen in that space. So the first thing I do when I bring puppy home um, and they've settled in a little bit, the crate's already there. So I, it's already set up before I come home with puppy. Um, so it's it's there when they come into the environment. What I do is I would get a little some little puppy treats or some of their puppy kibble and I would sit next to the crate. And when they go towards it and they put their little head in the door, good dog, little bit of food. I just drop it through the top of the bars so it's in the crate. They go in, they pick it up, they come back out. And we repeat that to start with. So think of it like magic crate. Puppy thinks, my goodness, I go in here and food falls out the sky. That can only be a good thing. And then I just progressively work on that in tiny little time blocks until he's comfortable running in there and waiting for the food to be given. And then I close the door and I feed him through the door. And then I build it up like that. It will go differently for each puppy because some, honestly, will be very fast with their crate training. They won't be worried about the door being closed or about that, you know, the containment of it. They'll be quite comfortable. Some will be less so and they will take longer. It's really important to take the time and train it properly. Don't fall into the realms of put puppy in, shut the door let them scream and cry about it because what you're doing there is you're creating a conflict with the crate and you're making it a non-happy place and what ultimately you want is that puppy would like it because as they grow up and they go through different behavioral stages the crate is incredibly useful for example puppies around I think it's around eight months old they would have like a, basically a secondary chewing phase so their adult teeth are moving around a little bit that's definitely a situation where I might want to use my crate slightly more if I'm not around, for example. So crate is massively your friend, but it has to be done. It has to be done well and it has to be done sometimes with a bit of patience and a little bit of time so that they like that place. What we also have to think about, though, is puppies are expensive and these things you know if, if you've got a particularly a larger breed puppy he's going to be outgrowing that small crate really quickly so what you might want to look at as a really good alternative you can get large crates with partition walls so you would partition off half the crate when they're very small and then as they grow you can take that partition out so you're only having to buy the one crate that's useful and uh, yeah money good money saving device can I um, just bring in Sean there? Sean, have you got a question to pose to Claire there? 
And I just literally wanted to back up everything that Claire said. That is exactly how we crate train Scout. Um, so she uses her crate at night. Um, she tends to sleep. We've got a day bed um, sort of just lying around in the day. And that's what she uses. But at night, she always goes in her crate. And that is the exact method we use. We drop food in. Um, she absolutely goes in willingly now. And we've reached the point in the last week where we say bedtime now. And she just goes straight in, settles down, shuts the door. And she's happy, happy as Larry. I love that. Well done. <laughs> So excellent. If you needed a case study that um, Claire North is the uh, best behaviour trainer out there. There you go. That's why she's on this podcast. Claire. I wanted to just come in a little bit as well. So not everybody wants to create train and personal choice. If you can manage without it, there are other options. But what I would say is, even if I wasn't necessarily going to use the crate, I might create train anyway, because there are other situations where puppy may need to be comfortable in a crate. So, for example, travelling in a vehicle, the, the groomers is a big one. Most dogs go to a groomers. You know, even, even if they don't go religiously every six to eight weeks, they might go a couple of times a year. They're generally going to be in a crate. And what we don't want is that we make situations that potentially are a little bit stressful, even worse by them not understanding. So I think that crate training is just of benefit, if I was honest, in any situation. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a really useful tool, isn't it? And like I say, crate training sounds like even if you don't think you need one, just do it because, you know, it's no, you know, it's no no hassle for your puppy. And like you say, it's, it's something so useful that once you just get them used to it, so many different situations where it can come in handy. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of new puppy owners would read um, about crate training and that we must not use crate as a punishment. Now, that's absolutely true, but there are situations where puppy might need to go in the crate for rest um, through the day. And so I think it's important that we we look at how that could be done. So it's absolutely true that we don't punish puppy in any way, really, but particularly around the crate. So what we wouldn't do, let's say puppy's running about and biting you jeans or whatever we're not going to pick him up like you're a bad dog and fling him in the crate and shut the door that's never going to be the right thing to do however we might look at puppy and puppy's overstimulated and he's running around everywhere and he can't rest for himself at that point at that point we might say well you know he needs a, a bit of a nap so the crate is going to be helpful but it's how we get him there that's the thing so I would pick him up I might get his stuffed kong or lick mat or some little treats and I take him nicely there and I put him in the crate give him something to do leave him to rest so it's important to understand the difference between puppy needing a rest and sometimes needing help with that because they don't all just relax naturally um in fact, most puppies don't I would say so they do need to learn to take rest breaks in the crate the difference between that and it's still been a very positive experience and the and puppy being sort of told off and you're a bad puppy and going in there that's never going to be what we want so colin we've talked a lot about sleep but what about if um or how 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 you know great they are when they are asleep uh but what about if a puppy is very overexcited and is just too like Whoa! to actually go to sleep how can we how can we cope with that scenario 
So I think, yeah, it's a good point. I think it's really important for puppy owners to be aware um, of overtired behavior. So a bit like with children, you know, they're going to have a meltdown. You get that hyper excitable face and then it's just going to be a meltdown and and no one comes out very well. So make sure you, you're aware of it and you recognize when they're overtired. Um, so no matter how much fun you're having, just don't let your puppy get overtired because too much stimulation and exhaustion can lead to then unwanted behavior and it can be a bit of a negative sort of cycle. So if you think your puppy's getting overly um, tired <clears throat> and overexcitable, you know, try and guide them to their crate or sleeping place and, and encourage them to wipe, wind down, you know, give them a sort of chew to start occupying them with or, you know, give them some 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 uh, downtime. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that this is something that we've been really cautious of with Scout. And I think it kind of goes back a little bit to routine. Um, so with Scout, we from day one, we kind of understood a little bit about this overtiredness, but we really, really, um, yeah, we, we were just really careful a bit. And I think um, the way we've adapted our routine, she kind of understands now the times where um, we she her nap times I, I kind of guess so um especially it's really helped with working from home um so at, at nine o'clock in the morning she tends to know that well we're, we're going to go to work now she'll go to sleep um lunchtime she'll have a little play and then in the afternoon um she knows that she kind of goes back to sleep then and um don't, don't mean to be one of those parents that's like my dog's perfect but she is a really calm relaxed dog and I think it is just because we we allow her the sleep that she needs and we've not um we don't have many experiences where she's charging around and destroying things she is just a very calm dog um and then yeah I, I, I just think it's because she's she she sleeps so much <laughs> well that's good to know you're doing all right Claire North have you got anything to add to um over boisterous over tired puppies or, or have Carleen and Sean covered it off there yeah I mean I would just back up what Carleen is saying it's it's such a, a relevant thing so I would say that most of the puppy unwanted behaviours most of them are either caused by overstimulation or are a lot more prevalent when puppy is overtired and overstimulated I think that people it's very easy to underestimate the amount that puppy can do at a young age mm. before they're in that zone so they can't run about and play for an hour it's too much so it's very short time periods before they just become borderline hysterical yeah <laughs> like, me. like me at half past five every day so what what about if um uh, okay. your puppy is uh, displaying some strange behavior i'm um, uh, what's what's the spinning round in circles thing what's that what's that all about claire north yeah so all dogs are going to have um different different sleeping styles and their own personal sleeping arrangement let's say um the the digging and the circling and the that thing where they look basically they're making a nest so they're trying to get everything just perfect just get the blanket in the right place and that often that's why we see the de-stuffing of the bed because you know how comfy is that going to be we filled the crate up with stuffing out the bed it's brilliant you know um, so although it's a messy experience <laughs> it is you know I've got three dogs and one of mine little Mavis the little lurcher oh man she loves to make a nest and she's 
perfected this art. So she has loads of blankets and she managed, she can put them all around the outside and make them into a perfect little cave and then dive underneath them. So they'll all do differently, but nesting quite a big thing because it's a comfort thing. Ah, yeah, Claire Gavitt, what does Amber do? Well, I just wondered, and this is a question for Claire, really, that when I've um, washed the vet bed and the blanket um, and I go and swap it with the existing bedding, so she's got a nice clean bed. Usually she's had a bath beforehand, so she's clean and clean bed. She insists on pulling those items out of the crate and she doesn't then go and sleep on them so it's not like it's it's where I've put them but I wondered is that something to do with the fact that it smells of washing powder that is foreign and that actually it needs to be amberified if you will I don't know it's a strange behavior but I'm sure she's not the only dog that does it oh no you're right so it's a scent thing it's a whose imposter bedding is this yeah. <laughs> not mine don't smell like me anymore <laughs> <laughs> so let me get it out here they often roll on it or bring it about or whatever let me just yeah. make it into mine again then then I might let you put it back in my crate but actually it smells all a bit clean and funny to me does that <laughs> oh that's fabulous so that's good to know because my my um well mine's not a puppy my Jack Russell's nine now and, and he still does that he just still acts like a puppy it's ridiculous but yeah and he's I mean gosh if puppies weren't OCD enough you know, don't don't give them the wrong smelling thing because it's going to be kicked out of that bed immediately. OK, so I think we've exhausted the subject of sleep. I'm quite tired now. I'm going to go for a lie down. And uh, I'd just like to say thank you again to all of my guests. Bye, Amber and Claire Gavin. Thank you so Bye. much. <laughs> See you Bye. soon, Kate. Bye. Yeah, See you soon, Claire. Carlene, thanks again. Thank you. Claire North, thank you again. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. No worries, I'll speak to you soon. And Sean, Sean Wells and her lovely, lovely puppy Scout. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. And um, if you like this podcast, please do subscribe, share with your friends and review us. So that basically means that um, whatever podcast platform you're on, they'll, they'll point it at other puppy owners who might find uh, this advice useful. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and check out the uh, Facebook group that Pets at Home has started called The Wagging Tail, which is a lovely community of like-minded puppy owners. So thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.